Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. Your boy, Double H, half to the hope. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. All the links are in the description. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. Um, if you're on an iTunes device or Apple Podcast, remember to subscribe. It's free. If you feel like leaving reviews and reviews is your thing, drop a review and we will read it on the show. We got a few. It seems like every time we read one, somebody leaves one. I'm not going to read all of these at once. I feel like that would take like a long time and I'll kind of want to get to the meat of the podcast. So I'll read one over the course of the coming weeks. We'll just kind of get rid of these reviews one by one. But this one comes from Pedro in Portugal. He says, Obrigado. great podcast. Hi, guys. I'm from Portugal. Benfica fan, by the way. And I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I love the laid back attitude, the super fun tone, and all the insights from your sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always football talk. Thank you, Pedro. So yeah, shout out to Pedro in Portugal. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, uh, we have a Patreon account that you can uh, kind of look at. Uh, that's also in the in the links in the description. Um, where do you want to start? We can do this kind of like we did last week. Let's start off call. Let's okay. start off call, man. I like to move it, move it. <laughs> Daniel, let me let me say this. You know, I mean, I would, I would, I would consider us. You know, um, you know, on on friendly terms. You know, and everything. You know, and us being on friendly terms. You know, that comes with you know a level of you know respect for one another. When I mentioned Afcon, I had zero intention of mentioning that certain game. I find it quite harsh as somebody who is my partner in this venture to poke fun at um, what happened to um, a certain team in green, white, and green. So listen, listen, listen bro. It was it would as soon as you said Afcon, I just I had to I had to shout out Madagascar one time. Like so, yeah, it was just you know it was just a fun joke, just a little jab. I didn't I, I didn't find the jab funny. Bro. <laughs> We have questions about Nigeria. I don't know if you want to get and, into and it. I'm not answering them. So, but uh, you went on a 20 minute discussion on and your that, was, no, that was it. I didn't. I, I didn't mention it on the hangout. I didn't say much on Twitter. I said, you know what? This is all I will say on the matter. I'm going to just put it out there, and that's it. I won't comment on it on the hangout 
on Twitter, on social media, and anything like that. Boom. And that's it. Because there's nothing more to be said. Your problem is you care too much, even though you try to say you don't. No, 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 no. Like, after 1998, I stopped caring. After that night against Dead End Mark in 1998, then I, I actually stopped caring. So now it's just sort of like my care stroke because I care based off duty, but not as much as I did back in 1998. So, yeah. Madagascar beat Nigeria. That's all we can say because it's hard to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't want to have a conversation about it. Uh, so what else about AFCON uh, would you like to discuss? It's very clear that, um, you know, my um, theory is right. That apart from, you know, if you're normally here and there, whenever the AFCON is held in North Africa, a North African team always wins or the North African teams do, do well. The best teams have been from North Africa. And I, I think a winner is going to come from North Africa. I've been impressed by Madagascar. You know, let's say, let's say Madagascar has been very impressive. I've been impressed by Uganda. I've been very, very, very let down by the West West African teams. Like, none of the West African teams have impressed me at all. Ivory Coast look very dry. Senegal, talent is there, but I, I don't see winners coming from there. Those losers, Super Eagles, we already know about them. So, um, Ghana as well, pff, aimless. You know, why the IU brothers still there? So the best side has been Morocco. I think Morocco have played the best and they look the, the, the best. But I just still feel that that even if they're not played to the best of their ability and they don't think that's impressive, I just think the home crowd of Egypt is going to spore them through, mm. you know, and try and get Salah that ball on door. I think Morocco have been good. Algeria have been very good, I think. I don't know if Egypt have been good. They've just gotten the points that they need. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. they've been good in periods and games, but they've not had like Morocco's performance against Ivory Coast was like wow. Algeria, they're one of the guys that look good. They look good. So Egypt have not performed as well as Algeria and Morocco, but as you said, they've <laughs> a win is a win. And trust me, man, home crowd counts for us. At the end of the day, Germany were the best team in 2010. Did they win? No. It's not. It's not. It's not, about, it's not who was the best team. It's who gets that win. Almost in almost every tournament, a team that has like an amazing first game or amazing first two games never go on and win it. Normally, it's the team who you know it's good, but they sort of struggle through and they don't look too great at the beginning. But as with each game that happens, they slowly get better and better and better. So Egypt sort of look like the winners. The way that they're playing, the way they're going, look like if yeah, they're going to win. Is there a player that stood out to you maybe? Amrabat for Morocco looks really good. I think Hakimi has, has looked pretty good as well. Even if I have issues with the team, Aina has looked has probably been no no Nigeria's best player. So Aina's look good. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Let me think. Let me... I think that's probably Mares has been very good. I think. I think I've not caught enough of Algeria's games. I need to, I need to look back because I I keep on missing their games. I'm not caught enough of Algeria's games. So I need to look back at the games mostly from the Morocco guys are the guys I've looked. At. Although some of the Uganda players I've watched look look pretty good as well. Those low looks pretty, pretty, pretty good as well. Um, We're gonna get Senegal in the next round, I think. So it was good. It was, it was, it was fun while it lasted. Bro, you never know, man. Look, man, <laughs> this Afcon, anything can happen, bro. Anything no, can happen, man, bro. Like we, we finished second, so we're either gonna get Algeria or Senegal, bro. Like it's, it's not no, good. No, no, no. If, but if you get Algeria, then you lose. Senegal, I don't trust Senegal, man. I don't trust yeah. those guys. They're better than us, so it just is what it is. But as you know, the better team always win. No. Speaking of Peru, beat Uruguay. Bro, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, I mean, wow, that's just crazy. I wouldn't because even what's it called? Because basically, the match was happening as I was sort of commuting from my office back home, and I was like, "Look, Uruguay are going to win, so there's no point in even viewing it." 
And then when guys said, oh, it's 0-0, zero, zero. oh my gosh, Uruguay didn't even score. I said, okay, they'll win on, on, on penalties. And then when I had Cardinal miss, I was like, what? So, yeah, man. I mean, because what we will obviously get to Chile and where they would rank as a and, and where they rank as a golden generation if they won three in a row. But um wow. Like I didn't I don't expect I don't expect Peru to first of all, because it's weird how it works out because it just shows you that in, in football it's about matchups. Peru got baptized by Brazil. So you think that if they got baptized by Brazil, Uruguay should surely beat them at least 2-0, at least. Or somehow they held Uruguay to penalties and boom. I'm just disappointed because I wanted like the, the big four, I suppose, where you have Chile against Uruguay and then Brazil-Argentina. Yeah, but Peru I mean, kind of crashed the party. But I, it's it's kind of always fun to have like that other yeah. team that you don't expect. I, li- um, I like I like that one surprise. Like if, let's say, we had like a semifinals of like Ecuador, Venezuela, Peru, and flipping them, Qatar. Then I'm like, okay, you know, some something's <laughs> up here. You know, like, like, you know, something's up here. But yeah, just, you know, throw one wild card in. Make, yeah, but make and, it. and I have it on good kind of knowledge that Peru and Chile, they don't get along with each other at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, one of my Peruvian people said, like, yeah, it's like a big, it's going to be a big derby game. Yeah. So you have kind of two of those with like Brazil and Argentina as well. They don't really get on. So what do you think is going to happen? Brazil will beat Argentina. I think they'll beat them in 90. I think Peru, Chile probably goes to penalties and Chile win on penalties. So you have a Brazil, Chile final. I feel yeah. like I have the same final. Yeah, Brazil, um, but Chile. I I wouldn't mind seeing Argentina in the final. Um, no, no, no. Two things. That first thing is like if Argentina beats Brazil in Brazil, I think those 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 players have to leave from that pitch. There needs to be a privilege from that pitch to take them out of Brazil. Second thing is if Messi gets to a final and meets Chile and he loses, so he loses to Chile three times in a row, and Alexis Sanchez has that very rude smile that he had behind Messi when Messi was crying in 2016, Messi has to be on suicide watch. 100%. Like, that would be so mentally damaging for him. I don't know how he'd be able to recover. He would just retire again, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think even that would be enough. I just think it would just, it would haunt him so much. It would haunt him so, so Especially you had the whole Liverpool 4-0 and to lose to Chile three times in a row. It's it's, it's too much to take. How many finals? Would that be four final losses? Yeah. If, if those were to yeah, So World Cup twice in the Cup America. And yeah, if it was to lose this one, it would be four finals in a row. Lost. That's deep. I, if I were him, I'd, I'd rather lose. Do, do, do they have a third place game for this? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I would just rather lose in the semi and just go home. No, no, that's why I said that, I said that look, if Messi, if you don't have a 100 percent plan of winning that final, losing the semi. Just throw the game. <laughs> like there's no point in going to the final and losing to Chile again. Like, then it's like, guys, like you're you are officially a bunch of clowns. You to lose to the same team three times. <laughs> wow. Okay, let's say Brazil win this without Neymar. What do you think the impact of that is? Ooh, that'd be massive. Remember, Neymar hasn't won anything major for Brazil. Don't talk to me about an Olympics or a Confederations Cup. So if Brazil, because remember, the whole narrative was that, nah, man, they can't do it without Neymar. They can't do it without Neymar. So if they are able to do it without Neymar, Neymar's stock in Brazil will plummet. It, it will literally plummet. It's just that what you have now, see, it depends how it happens. Let's say they 
win it like via penalties or something, then it's like, okay, it's him. The worst thing that could happen to Neymar is, let's say, Jesus or Coutinho score like the winning goal in the final or something on the winning goal in the semi, then Neymar is screwed. Or someone like, what's his face, Everton? If he kind of becomes the next guy. Like, I wonder if Neymar has enough cachet where no matter what happens in this tournament, if they win and somebody has a spectacular tournament, whether it be Everton, I, I guess, would be the guy. Does he come back in and he's automatically the guy we look to? I think maybe, yeah. But there's always that chance that maybe no. If, let's say, they're winning without him, of course, when he comes in, he, you'll, you'll still be the most gifted player. But psychologically, guys are like, we won it without you. Mm. So, yeah, we'll still appreciate your talents, but we won't look to you as a, as a savior because we've now shown that we can actually win a tournament without you. If, let's say, Chile do beat Peru and this team goes past Messi and Argentina and goes past Chile, two-time champions, oh, my God. Like, that's that's a real win. <laughs> mm. I was thinking, like, you, know, you kind of know how Draymond was looking at KD kind of crazy. Like, bro, we won without you. Like, like I don't <laughs> – like, either commit to us or don't mm. because we've won without you. I wonder, like, if players would then look at Neymar. We've won without you. Like, you're not that important to us. I don't know if that would be, like, a dynamic that would happen. If let's, – let's just paint the narrative. So, let's say they win the Copa America. If Neymar comes back, they would like to still th- view Neymar the same way. But subconsciously, they just won't. As much as they'll try, there's that whole thing of like, if they just know we actually won this thing without you, when Neymar comes back, they'll still want to problem as being our savior, but it's just not going to work because they know that because we've achieved this without you, it's going to be impossible for us to naturally view you as the go-to guy, the main guy that we depend upon. So therefore, we know that we can, we don't need to depend upon him because we now have a system without you, and this system has actually given us a trophy without you being in the in the team. So you now being in the team is just an elevation, just to elevate us, you know. And then, but then then it'll be like if you now go into the team, you you now can't sort of now shake your leg around and be that kind of no because it's like. That only works when it's like, man, we need we, we need you to do that for us to win it. I've always said that Brazil need a superstar to win, that they can't do it as a team. But if they're able to do it as a team, which I don't think they can, but if they say they're able to do it as a team, then I'm like, oh, wow, damn. All right, you want to get into, I guess we can just talk more Neymar. I mean, <laughs> it looks it looks like this could be happening. Like, I guess, I guess last week we were more in the camp of like... They're it, selling him for cut rates, buy one, get five free. That's what PSG are, are, are doing. They're saying, look, we can throw in bags of chips. We, we can throw in anything you want. So please, they're trying to lower the, the price. But, but, but basically, it goes back to what you said. It goes back to what you said. What did I say? You said that PSG knows something we don't know. Because it just doesn't make sense that... Because again, like, yeah, Sassot even said it on the hangar because Sassot was quoting him by saying, like, yeah, Daniel was saying, look, man, why would they... Why are they so desperate to sell him? I don't buy the whole, oh, we, we are changing our culture. Neymar's not right for our culture. And now nah, that's a smokescreen. He, he probably has an injury that is going to keep on recurring. Re- re- so therefore, it's you're pretty much wasting money keeping a hold of him because that injury is going to happen yet again. And it's going to cost you a CL. For PhD, the best thing is, you know what? Let's rebuild. Ship this guy off. Let them deal with the whole injury consent. Let's get the ooze. Let's let's just have the Us Cavani and Mbappe. Mm. Do you know what I thought was really interesting? Um, yesterday, PSG released a, a new kit 
And I feel like Neymar, I feel like I saw Neymar in the kit launch. Maybe they keep him? I... But but when was that filmed though? Maybe that was filmed ages ago and they're only really releasing it now. You don't know what date that filming took, took place. Even still, like this, this wouldn't be something that they would try to get done in a week. This would be something that you'd obviously have to be planning for a while. Like, I don't think these transfers take like, let's just sell Neymar and then you do it in 10 days. Like, that's not really a thing. Like, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's very curious. But then again, now that I think about it, Hazard was in Chelsea's kit launch and they knew mm. they were going to sell him. So... <laughs> so no, that so whole, maybe, that whole kit, kit, kit launch thing, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, that was maybe that's not really a good point. I do think that they're kind of looking at Neymar to be the guy. Not Neymar, sorry. I do think they're looking at Mbappe to be like the the face of the of the franchise. Well, have you heard about the the Mbappe thing? He's not he's not signed a contract extension, and apparently they say like no matter how much they offer him, he's not going to sign a contract extension. So after his, I think it's two or three more years he has, boom. So the the story is Real Madrid are going to try and go for him next summer. If Real Madrid have a plan to get Mbappe. Mm then that probably means they don't have a plan to get Neymar because you already have Hazard. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, you no, can't no. have I think, three of those guys. No, no, no. I think the Neymar thing is, I think they're looking at Mbappe. Like, look at his age, yeah, especially his playing style as well, and also his brand. Like, for me, if you couldn't say on Rasmus right now, I would say Mbappe's brand is probably much more relevant and stronger than Neymar's brand. It might be uh, stronger. I don't know if it's more relevant, if that makes sense. Oh, you're saying that Mbappe's is stronger, but Neymar's is more relevant. Yes. <laughs> we will ex- explain the, the, the difference. I, I feel like as strong in the sense that he's a good player with great potential. And if anyone were to buy him or put him on an advertisement, it would do well. Strong in that sense. Hmm. Neymar is more relevant in the sense that whether he's good, bad, or anywhere in between, people care more about Neymar than they do about Mbappe right now. So okay. wh- where Neymar goes, court cases, what he's wearing. Okay. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like everything he's, that's around I mean, Neymar. He's more fashionable. He, he brings more box office. Yeah, yeah. it's just like everything that surrounds Neymar, I feel like, is a bigger story worldwide than Mbappe. But, oh, if, yeah. you were, but if you were to create a campaign right now, I feel like you might put Mbappe just because he's a better face. Mm. Which would make it more strong, but maybe not as relevant because relevancy can go. It could be good, relevant, bad, relevant. You know. Oh, no, no, no. True, true, true. No, I, I think like Mbappe's relevancy is purely for football. Yeah, but Neymar's it's, relevancy it's, it's, it's is a piece of um, football, media, um, um, speculation. All this, all this. Stuff, right, right. So. It's it's a thing like you know how they say any news is good. Yeah, news. any. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those like Neymar has that kind of thing about him where like even if it's really bad where he's slapping fans mm. and want to take his picture like that's not good for your brand it makes your brand weak but you are relevant in the same way or in the same breath. Mm. Um, hmm. Where do we go next? You want? Let's just get rid of international football. Um, Women's World Cup. Have you watched any matches this week? I've seen like bits because obviously I was in the office when the matches were happening. So I've, I've just seen like. Going on and off in you know um, bits of the matches, then I was, I've viewed like the highlights. Good old also, you you've heard about the whole Megan Rapinoe thing with Trump. I find it very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it's like it, it. You see, for me, it's like see that's why um, because remember she um I don't even remember like I think this was like last year because we were doing the story f- for my um for the job that that, that I do about mm-hmm. how um you know the whole Kaepernick thing. Yep. 
and then how she knelt for the flag. Yeah, she was the first non-football athlete, I guess, to take a knee. Yeah, so I was like, whoa, what the hell? I was like, how American did you football. Because again, it was like, you know, like, especially like, you know, white woman. I was like, wow, like, what the, that's like. And then so obviously, like, knowing more about her, she's obviously, you know, her being lesbian, forefront of um, those politics and, and everything. And Trump's politics, how it's sort of like clashed with um, her sexuality and so forth. It definitely makes may make sense. So that's a very interesting narrative building because I think America, I think they have very strong favorites to win this this thing. I just think like they're just they're just better than everyone else. So I think like they've considered two goals <laughs> so far. Like her and Alex Morgan are like the top scorers. Alex Morgan has the most assists. So it's like Alex it Morgan got five of those goals against Thailand, by the way. Like I no, think no, no. You, you see, that's what I was, I, was, I was about to say. And I think <laughs> Alex Morgan in in that great. It's just what she looks like. Marta is the most talented football player. We talked about Walter. this last week, so I don't necessarily want to get into it. But yes, I agree. This might be something interesting that we can discuss because mm. I think I've seen you tweet about it, but maybe I, it could be somebody else. Do you think the U.S. women's deserve to be paid more than the U.S. men? Yes. Why? So basically, let me just back up and just do the whole thing. Overall, male footballers should always be paid more than women footballers because there is a greater demand in the male's game than the women's game. So you can say whatever you want. It's not sexist. It's just fact. Now, in tennis, that's interesting because I believe that Serena's brand is almost as big as Federer or Nadal's brand. And even back in the day, you could argue that Steffi Graf's brand was almost as big as um, Sampras or Agassi's brand. But I think that there is no female footballer that is touching the popularity or the brand of Neymar, Cristiano, Messi, Mbappe, and so forth. Or even Salah. But the US men, like when I think women's, even from back there, every time I think of women's football, America is the, is the first team that comes to mind. When you think of soccer or anything of women playing soccer, the first team are the American women's team. They are at the forefront of this is the excellence in women's football. The US men's teams have, have never been relevant. <laughs> They've never been relevant whatsoever. So if you're in America and you want to watch football, you're not going to watch the, the, the men's team. They don't, they don't garner any interest. The U.S. women's team garner far more interest than the U.S. men's team. They're, first of all, they're far more successful. The individual stars are far better known. And they're just a better brand than the U.S. men's team. So it makes no sense as to why the U.S. men's team must be paid more than the U.S. men's Because U.S. men's team have literally done nothing globally. Like, the best thing they, they did was that 2014 World Cup, I think, where they... So was it 2014 or something? I think when they go to the quarters or something. So they've not done anything of any relevance. So, so that's, you see, see, now that is sexism. <laughs> that is because you there is no argument you can bring to tell me that the U.S. men should be paid more than the U.S. women. There's no argument. I'm trying to look up, like, the furthest the men's team has gone in the World Cup. Let's... I, th I think, yeah. I think, they beat I think they beat Portugal in that second round of the... 2002. Oh, yeah. Oh, two. Yeah. Oh, two. Yeah. Oh, two. Yeah, so, yeah. so they, they finished third in 1930. <laughs> <laughs> and then round of 16 in 1934, didn't qualify, 38. Group stage 50. All right. So listen to this. 1954, 
So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight tournaments. They didn't even qualify. Wow. 1990 group stage, 1994 round of 16 group stage, quarterfinal group stage, round of 16. And last year, uh, for the world, they didn't even qualify for the World Cup last year. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah, they couldn't right. beat Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, who had already qualified? <laughs> oh no, no, I said, is it have they already qualified or no, 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 no? Sorry, they, they didn't have they all qualified. No, no, no. It was um, no because they, they didn't win the World Cup. But yeah, they didn't even qualify for the bloody World Cup. No, now, see, that's messed up. Now let's check out the United States women's team. And let's see their record at the World Cup. That's been there since uh, 1999. Uh, champion in 99. Uh, third place, 03. Third place, 2007. Runners-up in 2011. Uh, champions, the last one. And they're in the semis this time. Um, mm. And they'll probably get to the final by beating England. In the Olympics, gold medal, silver medal, gold medal, gold medal, gold medal, fifth. In, Con- in CONCACAF, since 2000, or since 1991, rather, champion, 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 didn't participate. Champion, 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 third place, champion, champion. I don't, there's no argument, really, if you just want to go by winning or there's like none. the meritocracy of winning, mm. why these women shouldn't be paid, if not equal, more. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they should be paid more. more. Not that's equal, that's more. more. And. It, like it's it's not like they're playing in front of empty stadiums, mind you. Like they're actually, I I don't know if they're selling out stadiums, but people go to watch these games, especially when they're like, I don't know about women's club football. That's a, that's a different discussion. But in terms of the national team, it's not even close. So yeah, is there's something fishy <laughs> going on, bro? <laughs> no, no, no. I I think for me, I think that's why it's going to be interesting to see what they do at this World Cup. Like if they win it because there's actually been an extra spotlight on this world cup with social media and everything and the whole fifa fan movement thing i think if they win the world cup this edition there's going to be huge pressure for that whole payments thing to happen you know what i would do if i was in if i was in power i would be like every athlete that plays for like the united states so let's say i was that the united states had like a Mm. athletics federation which i'm sure they do but i don't know the name of it I mean, like everyone that plays for us, whether you play basketball, football, archery, whatever the case may be, I'll pay everyone a living wage, basically, or just like maybe something better than that. So, like, we'll just give everybody 50K. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care if your sport makes no money. We'll just give everyone 50K a year and y'all can live off that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something like that. That And then if you want to get endorsement deals, I'm pretty sure like an Alex Morgan or a Megan Rapino could get a sponsorship deal with a U.S. company faster than maybe Pulisic or Josie Altador or somebody like that. I'm pretty sure they're more well-known in the United States. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so you can make money that way. I'm pretty sure, like, if you look up what Alex Morgan made this year or last year, it's probably millions Mm. just because of the endorsements that she has. But why the U.S. government, or not the U.S. government, but the U.S. football Federation. federation, Feels like, yo, we should pay the men more or the women deserve less. Like, it's not equal work. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but they win a lot. <laughs> and there's things, things like win bonuses, right? So if you mm. win games, you get paid more money. These women win way more games than they lose, and they still don't get paid as much as the men. So, like, the men can make more money without win bonuses 
But the women, even if they win all their games, they still get paid less. That's crazy to me. That's why I I want to speak to someone who can give me an argument against that. The reason why I want to just see how the World Cup goes. Like I just want to just see if America do win this World Cup. I want someone to give me an argument as to why you're paying the men more than the woman. Why should Pulisic be paid more than Rapinoe or Morgan? Like, there is no argument. So that's why I'm very interested to see what would your arguments be. Okay, this was last week. Mm. The United States men's national team played Trinidad and Tobago in the Gold Cup on June 22nd. And the United States, 1.7 million people watched that game on television. Mm. And that's the highest of any American men's team. So 1.7. The United States women's in the World Cup, they played Sweden on the 20th. So two days before that. Mm. 4.1 million people watched that game. Wow. So there's a difference of 4.1 from 1.7. That's stark. I'm never one to be like, oh, sex is because I know sometimes whenever people like talk about sex, I'm like, okay, like, look, come on. So I'm never one to be like, oh, this is this is like this is sexist. But this is one of the most blatant examples of sexism I can I can I can think of. Point four million more people, like two point four million more people watched the U.S. women's team play Sweden than the U.S. men play Trinidad and Tobago. Obviously, you could argue that you know. One's on this channel, one's on another, but that's that's clear that that was just a group match or something. Well, I don't even know what like what was that? That wasn't even like a knockout. I would like I would love to see uh, the U.S. against France numbers. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be bananas because a lot of people were watching that, and these games aren't on like the Gold Cup is on at like a relatively watchable yeah, time. Yeah, because remember this is in France, so obviously right. so the time difference these games are coming on at like three in the afternoon while people are at work, perhaps. You the gold cup comes on at night while people are home, presumably, and have nothing else to do. So, like, if we're gonna keep it real, as you're saying, I I know people don't like to say, "Oh, that's sexist," and blah blah blah. But, bro, no, no, no. This is no, this is obvious. It's obvious. Like, yeah, it's right. obvious. <laughs> you have no reason to be paying these men more than these women. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's there's no reason. Can they at least make the World Cup, bro? Before we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, can you just at least just qualify for the World Cup? I mean. So basically, a team that can't even qualify for the World Cup are being paid more than guys who've won the World Cup multiple times. It's kind of trash. It's almost like uh, you know how we have conversations about like Pep and Man City. Like, can you at least get to the final? Or like PSG, can you at least make a Champions League semi-final? Yeah, Joe, can, can, can you give me a CL semi, please? Yeah, like US men. Like, can y'all get to? First, make the World Cup. They get to the group stage. Then, like, can y'all get to maybe a semifinal or something before y'all start talking about, yo, we deserve. Oh, actually, it, they, they, this is the weird thing. They don't even have to campaign. They just get paid. The women are the ones that have to campaign. Yeah. yeah. They, they shouldn't have to. They should just, like, look, these are the numbers. This is what we do. Why aren't these equal? Or no, no, why, no, no. I think, an argument that why don't we make more? That's why absolutely, there is no argument because I think – this, which is why it is such sexism because I think for the federation, they just assume that hey, men's football is way more popular than women's football. So obviously, people there's is a greater demand for men's football than women's football. So that so they're just leaving off an assumption. But once we've we're now broken down the numbers, is no, the US men's team isn't like Germany, Brazil, Spain, or so forth. You're like three thousand levels worse than those guys. Let's do like like for like. 
the U.S. men's team is a far better brand than the U.S. men's team. <laughs> That's just it. And also, you're, you're living in a country where most American women most likely will take up football. Most American men most likely will take up um, American football or basketball. That's just a fact. I mean, it is cr- no, no, that is crazy. That is crazy. We have some transfer news. We could just kind of go through the transfer news, I guess. Um, Apparently, Delete is supposed to be announced to, to today, so I guess that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> I, I think he's trying to hold out to go to Barcelona with his boy. I, th- I think that's what's going to happen. I think he might stay at Ajax another year and then end up going to Barcelona next summer. But, well, um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of what I think. But I have I, don't, I haven't spoken to him, so I don't know. Um, Rabio went to Juve for free. Wambasaka has gone to Manchester United for fifty million. Oh, oh, oh. Rabio is so that's confirmed. Yep. Uh, oh. Kovacic has signed for Chelsea for fifty million, despite Ooh. or is it forty million? Despite a transfer ban curious hey arsenal have bid 40 million for um wilson zaha but but but, but we don't they want a hundred this is the thing about well we we can get into in a bit yeah and marcus rashford has signed a contract extension with uh manchester united making him one of the week 200 a week yeah making him one of the highest paid players at the club so i think because manchester united own 25 percent of like whatever fee crystal palace get so if Arsenal offering Crystal Palace 40 mil, mm. that means Manchester United get 10 mil. You really think Crystal Palace are going to sell Wilfred Zaha and take 30 million home when he's probably worth like 60, 70 mil on the market? No. <laughs> but Arsenal, I don't know. I think Arsenal are like, he's he's an Arsenal fan. So maybe if we just throw any money, just kind of like not a low, low number, but just a medium mm. number, he'll try to force the, through the move and we can get him on the cheap. But I'm looking at this like, bro, you have to look at it from Crystal Palace's point of view. Like, if anybody other than Arsenal were coming in for him and they actually had, like, serious intention. So if Manchester City came in for Zaha, they're going to put 70 mil on the table probably and be like, take it or leave it. And then you have enough to give Manchester United their quarter and then you take the, the other three. But you can't take three quarters of 40 million for the best player on your team. You just can't do that. Arsenal have to be real- realistic. It's like... You you have a Europa League budget trying to get a Champions League player like it's not gonna happen. No 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 yeah because also it's like also it's a it's remember it's the key thing it's a difference market like maybe six years ago forty mil will do it in today's market minimum sixty for someone like Zaha minimum like in today's you can't get forty mil you're you're having a laugh bro you, you have Arsenal to Arsenal tried to get Suarez for forty point one the one pound was for his release clause yeah. So this was seven years ago or something. I'm not saying Suarez and Zaha are comparable in that sense, but that was like seven years ago, six years ago, something like that. The market's drastically changed. Like people are going for like 100 million euros now, 200 million euros in like mm-hmm. odd cases. There's no way Crystal Palace are going to be like, we we take 30 million home for Zaha. That's a good deal. Fuck out of here. We'd rather just keep him. No, but but, but then this, this is similar to the whole Pogba issue. If a player says, I want to leave, I really want to leave, do you really want to keep a player that has his desire to, to, to leave? You don't want that. You don't want that in the, in the If dress. I was the chairman, I would say, why do Arsenal think you're only worth 40 mil? Do you want to go there? Yes, because it's flipping Arsenal. No, for Zaha's point of view, like, I want to be an at Arsenal. Because Arsenal are disrespecting Wilfred Zaha with that with that fee. That's, that, that would be my argument. Like, bro, no, they're no, no, disrespecting no, bro, Daniel, you, bro. Gabriel. 
No, no, Daniel, Gerald, do you think that Zaha really cares how much Astor are bidding for him? But no, this is how I would try to spin it, though. Like, because, because, no, 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 obviously... no, but, no, but I'm saying, cool, that's a nice spin, but Zaha would say, cool, but that's the money that you've been given. I'm going to get paid my own certain wage. But my, my main desire <laughs> is, I want to play for Arsenal. I don't want to play for Crystal Palace. I want to play for Arsenal. So, whatever fee they give me or whatever like that, I don't care. I want to play for Arsenal. So, I don't care what the value of me. Who, who, who cares? Am I that egotistical? Like, oh no, I'm worth more. So, no. But that, that, that I think that's the only spin you can have if you're like, 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 bro, like you're going to a team that thinks you're only worth forty mil, and they actually think that that's gonna like, like, like that's enough. Like, bro, you're worth more. We can't take that money for you. We we might even want to sell you. Oh no 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 no! no. But, 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 but see, okay, see, so now, now see where I will contact with you is what is the relationship like with. Zaha and the club. If they have a really good relationship, then Zaha will be like, you know what? Let me speak to Aston guys. Come ask the guys, look, man, bump bump that up about 10 or 15 mil now. Come on. Like, yeah, let's be real. Like, like you, if if he goes and asks, look, I really want to join you guys, but let's just try and come to some some sort of some sort of a middle ground here. You know, let's can you can you do 55? Can you do 56, 59? Something like that. And then that'd be cool. If Zaha Respects for supporters has a good relationship with them and is like, hey, come on, let's 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 reach a compromise. I think yeah. you're asking, man, bro, pay that sixty even, pay that sixty because that is a player that Arsenal need because they don't have a natural attacking wide player, <laughs> so they need this kind of player. And you say it depends on the relationship maybe between Zaha and Parish or Zaha and Hodgson. Like, hmm. look, I want to go to Arsenal, but they could come to him and be like, look, like Wolf, like you're the best player on the team. And we want to let you go. Like, we appreciate what you've done for the club. You've been here in two stints. You've done very well. Hmm. Um, but the price that Arsenal are given is not your value. Like, you're worth more than that. And I don't know if he could look at it and be like, nah, I'm not worth more. Or, like, sell me for less if you come to him on the level. And, I again, it just it, it depends on that relationship in that way. Hmm. But, yeah, that would that would kind of be my thing. So it's like, look, you you can you can have to go to Arsenal and be like, look, bro, we need like 60, 65, 70. <laughs> and then and, or or maybe like as you say, like they ask for a hundred and Arsenal's like, nah, we can't do that, but we'll come down 20 and give you 80 or something like that. So you ask for a crazy number and meet somewhere in the middle. Chelsea signing players on a transfer ban. How do you feel about Kovacic? Based on Chelsea's situation, this is it had to good. happen. Yeah. Oh no, it had to happen, and this is good because it's like you need as much quality as possible to surround the young guys that you need to bring back in. The thing about Kovacic is this is that Kovacic is just a central midfielder. Nothing more, nothing less. He doesn't give you anything attacking-wise. Defensively, he ain't that great. But as far as keeping hold of the ball and just having some quality passing-wise in central midfield, he's a good person to have in that midfield. So it is good to have him when you know his role, his function, and his limitations. So I think, yeah, for, for Chelsea, that's good. Because again, if, let's say, they lost Kovacic, filling out that midfield makes things very difficult, you know? Well, I, I feel like most people think Lampard's going to play 4-2-3-1. Kante takes a spot automatically, and he can't mm. play number 10. So that's one spot in the pivot. Then you have Kovacic and Jorginho as the other two that could play in, in that pivot as well. Mm. And then maybe Bakayoko fits in as Kante's backup. So you have those four midfielders for the two double pivot spots. Okay. And so, then you have... okay. so the three is going to be what then? So Hornsen on one side, Pulisic one side, and who? In you the... can you can either put Loftus Cheek in the middle when he's fit. You could put or... Barkley in the number ten. Oh lord! 
<laughs> no, 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 because again, Yasupolov's um, pick is, is or, dangerous. Or, to to one side. Or, or, so you have the option of maybe playing Willian in the number 10 and playing Pedro on one side, Pulisic on the other. Now, let me ask you this, though. Has Willian ever played number 10 before? Yes, in Ukraine. And and in spots for Jose Mourinho. Like, so, like, like sometimes he would put Oscar on the bench um, and play Willian in the number 10. So... You know, but we know because again, like I was, because again, whenever I look at guys, I just look at their playing styles and their character. William can work in the number ten. I feel no, no, because again, when I just look at his playing style, I do see him not naturally being a, a natural fit, but he can work as a number ten. Yeah. I think he can work as, as as a number ten. So yeah, so that that's an option, especially when you have Hudson Odoi out injured and Loftus Cheek as well. Or there's a, the the kid Mount. I, I'm not gonna pretend like yeah, I mate, watch Derby County games and I've Mount. seen everything about him. But people that watch the game say he's really good. So no, no, yeah, no. It was because because when I was doing my live thing, like Chelsea fans were saying, "Oh, Mason Mount, he he's the number ten guy. He's the number ten guy." So okay, yeah. But this is like I don't feel like Chelsea fans really watch Derby County matches. I feel like someone watched one game. He had a good game. And now people just say, oh, Mason Mount, Mason Mount. Like, have you watched, like, three games? Like, yes, have you really watched all of that? Right, right. Like, I, I haven't. So I can't speak with any level of authority. But I feel like people, it's it's, it's become group thought at mm. this point. Like, Mason Mount, Reese James. Like, were you watching Wigan every week? Really? <laughs> I don't know. Um, What else is going on? Uh, Rashford and Wambasaka. We could talk a little bit about Manchester United. Um, Wambasaka, that's a really good signing. Very good signing. It isn't enough to get top four or to win the Premier League, but if Ashley Onges was one of the worst players in the world last se- season, class A brick, so you had to replace him. So, and I think people keep telling me that apparently Juan Bissaka was statistically the best defender in the Premier League last season. Yep. I don't think he was ever beaten in a one on one. That's what that's, that's what I got told. Did you say fullback or defender? You see, that's you see. I'm thinking that it's probably fullback because one on ones is mostly done with the fullback. So people were saying that he's the best full. He was statistically the best fullback because he never lost a one on one battle. Yeah, I mean, like when 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 Mitchy went to Crystal Palace, I started watching them a bit more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like you could really tell, like he's very, a really really good tackler, enough pace, decent crosser. Mm. He's, he's, he's not like Mindy or Walker or somebody like that that has like insane crossing or crazy pace or he's not going to take corners like uh, Alexander Arnold or anything like that. But very, very good tackler is what I would say. Like exceptional, like terrific. So he's a, it's it's weird that Manchester United are still in the space where if you grow up rooting for them, you'll still want to go there, even though they kind of the trash. So apparently he's like a childhood United fan. So this was his chance to go to like oh, his everyone's club. a childhood fan of this. I mean, do you know how many people are actually lying when they say, "Oh my god, he's gosh, not, he's not, he's not, and, like- and, and 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 they and they take a photoshopped doctor <laughs> image of them when they were six with 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 a jersey." I'm like, give me a break. <laughs> no, but I actually think like he was like they, it was like him and his brother and his mom and dad, I guess, and like he was in the old United kit, like. I feel like that's that's the why else would you go to Manchester United? I mean, obviously, maybe like money or whatever, but they're a Europa League team. They finished sixth. They haven't been in the champion. Well, I guess they 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 did they win there a couple years ago, but still, like they haven't done anything of note. The last time they won the league was when 2012, 2013. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Basically, like just when you just said that they're a Europa League team, I think it just sort of made sense as to yeah. I think Pogba is like wait a minute. 
I can't just remain in a Europa League team. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, so basically, like, it just sort of, because I said, oh, yeah, United, they're actually like a Europa League, like, stalwart now. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, as a but as, as as we mentioned, Rashford's getting two hundred k now. Wow, people are sort of getting on to oh my gosh, but I'm like, okay, let me ask you this: Is too much to be paid to someone like Rashford? Does he deserve that deal? Well, what what people deserve and what they're worth are kind of two different things. Um, he, does he deserve that money? Not off last season's performances, in my opinion. But what is he worth? If he's like a star English player for Manchester United who came up through Young. the academy and the fans love him, he's like he can't be older than 22. And he has shown in the past that he can score goals for you. He can play multiple positions, striker on the wing, um, maybe even centrally eventually. So he could be worth that to the team. But does he deserve it? I, I don't know. That's not me. That's not for me to say. That's probably for like someone like Carl or a more Manchester United crazy person. If the money is there. And he really is your future. And also, people have said, I mean, what's it called? I think, you know, Terry from Football Terror said, well, it's not really 200,000. It's much more about win bonuses, goal bonuses, and everything. So it's not really that. But let's just say it's 180, 170, whatever. If the money is there, cool. I mean, I mean, it's like, I'm not, I'm never going to begrudge a black man getting his cash. You know, I'm never going <laughs> to begrudge. If a fellow bro getting his cash, you no, know, especially if you're if you're if you're if you're young and black, I will always support you getting that cash. So, um, <laughs> but my thing about it is, you know, I I thought like we should have a we should bring back Graham Sudis. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, no, let's that. But no, 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 no. But but you see, but see, when I just saw the image, it just reminded me of Rooney. Remember when Rooney was given that bumper contract, and after he did, he became a a, a full on brick. So my thing about it is. Will this could this negatively affect him? Because this means that you are our future. We have re- everything is resting upon it. You are a beacon of hope. You're a young star that we're really putting everything. And it's and I do you know what I think as well? Timing. Doing it now, Pogba about to leave. Exactly. So they, I was just about to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, saying to them that you are now a star because Pogba obviously isn't a star. So even by doing this, even probably looking at that, I think it's just sending you signals that we accept that La Bill is going to leave. Someone's going to, going to come in and Oli has now pinpointed you as you're now the dude. Can he now shoulder that responsibility? Yeah, it's one of those things like well, we want to give this money to somebody who's going to be loyal to us, that yeah. we know yeah, yeah, he's yeah, going yeah. to be around and we can plan around him. And it's interesting that they're buying Juan Basaka, who again, I think is 21. Mm. Rashford probably 22 somewhere around that although he's been around so long since like the Van Hal days let's look up Marcus Rashford how old is our boy 21 I'm just giving him 22 he'll be 22 later this year um Daniel James is who they bought so how old is Daniel James it seems like they're just trying to lock down 21 so they've got a whole bunch of 21 year olds so they're trying to lock down like young British talent you know Mm. So maybe that's their kind of model going forward. Like, yo, we tried the Pogba, we tried basically the Mourinho way. We tried getting like the experienced uh, Matiches and all those kinds of guys. Maybe mm. we should go back to what we were doing before when they picked up Shaw. I, I, I also up- remember Silkshire. That was always Fergie's ideology. Even despite him getting all the big stars and everything, doing it all his time, Fergie's ideology was no one player is bigger than the club. 
Mm. So we always want to bring back that kind of um, atmosphere and dressing room culture into the little club. So that isn't very interesting. Mm. Anyway, we can we can leave it there. Uh, let's let's do some questions and then uh, and then we can dip. Unless you have anything else that's that's not a question. You got a topic on your mind? Um, Trump is going to win the next election, but maybe that that's an. Um, <laughs> an, an God forbid, yeah. bro. What do you mean by God forbid? It's happening, Paul. Without mm-hmm. we can discuss that another time. All right. Uh, questions, 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 questions. This one was, do you think Rashford deserves a 250K a week after scoring 10 goals last season in the Prem? <laughs> Wait, who the hell sent, sent that, bud? Mode V, Mode Y V2. So, there you go. Uh, we kind of, we hit, we hit that one already. Uh, from Ngozulu, why does Nigeria, given the talent in the squad, continue, continue to underperform year after year? I plead the fifth. <laughs> I was like, you want to give him an answer, but I guess not. Um... Will anyone ever break Samuel Eto'o's AFCON goal-scoring record of 18? Salah may come close. I think the only person that, that will be able to do it is Salah. If not Salah, I don't think anyone else in this kind of iteration or generation will. So Salah has the best chance to do that, I believe, yeah. Rank these... That was from AJ Cool 16 from MF Bain 301 Rank these tournaments in terms of quality and entertainment. Under 21 euros, AFCON, Women's World Cup, and Copa America. If we're doing like this year, like these tournaments of this year. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll put women's. I think women's World Cup, from what I've seen on head, probably under twenty-one euros. Copa America, Afcon. Um, and t- if we're going quality and entertainment, worst Copa America. Next, I'd go under twenty-one euros. Mm. Women's World Cup, and then Afcon because I I enjoy Afcon, but that's obviously like one other thing. Oh, yeah, no, no, I mean, if we're in Boston, yeah, for sure. The quality thing, I'm grading on a curve. So that's why Women's World Cup, I'd put, like, second. But entertainment value, like, Copa America's been dead. I haven't watched enough of under 21 euros. I did, I watched some of the final, but I was watching, um, I think Uganda and um, Egypt were playing at the same time. So I was kind of watching two games at once, but yeah. Um, Black emoji. The World Cup has been stolen by ISIS. Okay. You and three players have been tasked to retrieve it. Who are you putting on your strike force? I've got Diego Costa, Pepe, and Joey Barton. <laughs> so this is like an expendables kind of deal. <laughs> okay. Um, I've got Bolotelli, Diego Costa, and um we could does it current players or could it be players who have ret- ret- retired? I think Joey Barton is Joey Barton retired? Oh, yeah, he's retired, of course he retired. All right. Okay, then, Kristen Vieri. <laughs> um, who do I want? I want Akifenwa because he'll oh, be yeah. strong. What's the, who's like a really fast guy? No, no, we can go with uh, Daniel James. Have you seen this guy? He's really quick. We'll pick him. And he's small, so that'll work. And then I need somebody who's like super smart. Maybe like company or somebody like that? Bensner. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so my force would be uh, Vincent Company as the leader, and then I can find with the strong guy, Daniel James, the quick guy, and then I guess I would just I'd be there. I don't know for moral support or something. Actually, actually, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, Seedorf will be like my the brains behind everything, so he'll be like, the guy. <laughs> or like uh, Pirlo. You yeah, yeah. have like Pirlo smoke yeah, a cigarette, yeah, yeah, yeah. telling people what to do. <laughs> Drinking wine, brother. I don't know if he smokes. I know he, I know he has wine. How do you feel about the rise of player swaps? I don't know. Is it really rising? How many player swaps have really happened, really? 
I think what happens more is the rumor of player swaps. Yeah. Because people look well, at like, trades that happen in other sports and no, 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 but, become but, a rumor. What I would like, though, I think it would be really interesting if they brought the whole trade thing into football. That would be that would be really interesting. So imagine, so for instance, okay, Chelsea, she wants Hazard, give us Asensio and Vinicius. You know, like imagine if like let's look at all the transfers. Imagine if there was if it's if there was a trade instead of just a, a straight transfer. So imagine who United could have gotten when they sold Cristiano. Imagine what Tottenham could have gotten when they sold Gareth Bale. Imagine what um, Liverpool could have gotten when they sold Coutinho. So that's actually very interesting. Um, should Sabalos and James be given more of a chance at Real Madrid, given the aging, given their aging midfield? Um, I think Sabalos should leave to get regular playing time from mm. at Rawin Sayed two. Zidane setup. He has to go to Napoli. He'll never fit. Yeah, I was. Is it is it is it the case that Zizou and Hamas they don't get along? No, 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 no. It's not the doing it. It's just that I think that I mean there is no Hamas' strongest position is the number ten position, mm-hmm. and and Zidane doesn't really play a pure number ten, so there is no space for Hamas to be in that role, especially with Hazard coming in there as well. Because remember, he does like a four three three. Um, and, I, and every time he's played Hamas, he's always played him out wide as as one of the guys on the, on the flank. So he never trusts him as one of the midfield three. So and Hamas' strongest position is that number ten position. So you have thoughts on Sabalos? Um, he, if they get Pogba, Sabalos should go to AC Milan. I think Milan may be building something new. So I think he's going to get more playing time if he goes to AC Milan. If he stays at Real Madrid, he won't be guaranteed first team. No way. So. All right, we got two more questions left from Sammy1679. With Rabiot signing for Juve, will we finally see the end of Matuidi playing for both France and Juventus? I think he's no. so limited and needs to be replaced in both club and country by Rabiot, and if not Rabiot for France, at least in Dombele. No. So an anti-Matuidi question well, from, from Sammy. The thing about Matuidi is this. If you're just like a football purist watching football, you 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 you're like not a fan of Matuidi. Every manager needs and loves a Matuidi mm. because he's just one of those guys in the midfield that just you will you will never get anything less than a seven. Because you know whenever you have a midfield, you have your flair player, you have your DM player, but you just have to have that guy that just holds that midfield together, that gets those tackles, wins those 50s, that makes that pass happen. So you just need that guy that just holds the midfield together. So Matuidi, he's. A very, very important player to have in the image. See, Rabi is like a luxury kind of player, but I don't you, you, you don't go to war with a Rabi. You don't go into the trenches with a, a Rabi. You go to the trenches with a Matuidi. So <laughs> in those tough games, final tight game, a Matuidi is is key. So yeah, yeah. You you know how um like Spurs fans didn't really appreciate Sizoko until like yeah, the season. It's kind of the same deal. Like yeah. You but, always need those kind of players. But speaking like in Dombele seems like he's going from Leon to Tottenham. Mm. So that's interesting. I don't know what happens with maybe Wanyama or one of those guys, but somebody's spot's being taken. Mm. Um and last question. Realistically speaking, with no Lampard option, who does Chelsea bring in as manager? And would it be someone to see out the next 12 months as opposed to someone for the long term? Um, I mean, I mean wait, didn't we both say Ten Hag? 
but he's, like, he's he signed an extension with I. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's the issue. So that's um, gone. You know what? Yeah, I know. See, 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 I I was saying like, wait, where the hell is Raikard these days? But um, he but <laughs> the the players aren't there for. Look, it's 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 tough because I mean, I got an answer. Okay. Michael Lander. <laughs> no, I knew I knew you were gonna say that. No, but, but, but I think someone mentioned it. You know, it, it's so obvious. Who 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 just lost their job? Um, Raph. No, ben. that can't happen. That can't happen. Why not? He's been there, and the fans didn't like him. So, bro, I don't care. Low, what low, I, lowest I of keys. Lowest of keys. Lowest of keys. Him winning the Europa League should have gotten him the full time appointment. Oh yeah, but 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 Mourinho came and people were like, "No, nah, let's do Mourinho because we don't like Benitez because he was Liverpool." But they gave um, Di Matteo the job after winning the Champions League in the FA Cup. Benitez, Benitez is far more proven. He's won La Liga's with Valencia. Like he's done a whole bunch Champions of League. Champions, Champions League with Champions Liverpool. League. He was Swiss. far more proven, so he probably should have got the job. But fans Benitez didn't like him, and the fans just kicked out. Sorry. Because mm. you know they didn't like the way he played football, or they didn't like his demeanor he's, on the on. Wait, wait, wait. On the see, let me ask you Let me let me see this. Any fan that says they would rather Mourinho over Benitez, you're crazy. You're crazy. Then you're literally just being like you're just wrapped around the whole ro- ro- romantic story of like, oh, it's Lampard. He's to play. But are you not going to tell me that Lampard is is a better manager than Benitez, or Lampard will ever? Be as good of a manager that Benitez is. Come on, you're having your laugh. But remember, look at what Benitez did with flipping Newcastle and those guys. So Benitez, in giving this situation with better players mm. at his dis- disposal, that just makes be- that that's just a much better in- decision to make. Yeah. Lampard is a risk. Benitez is not a risk. The only <laughs> other the only one other ones I can think of that Chelsea would go after really are Steve Holland, who nobody really knows about, but he's the number two for England. Um, maybe they would just instead of going after Lampard, you go for Jody Morris, but that's another risk. Um, but those are like internal solutions. And then once you get pat, like once you start looking at kind of free agent managers, as it were, like you're not going to hire Blanc. Um, Enrique left Spain, but for family is- yeah, issues, yeah, yeah. so he's yeah. not going to come to London. I don't think. I don't know. Benitez is out there, but I don't think that would happen. So it'd probably be one of those internal solutions before you got any kind of like. Marquee, maybe there's somebody in Germany who I'm forgetting. You know, they have they have managers like oh yeah yeah I mean but one thing I'm thinking like like that's dude for uh, Nagelsmann or something like that for um no he's going to uh Leipzig yeah Leipzig but maybe you could get Tedesco or somebody like that from mm-hmm. Schalke Risky. or uh, that's where's where does he manage Schalke yeah I was right oh, no 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 sorry no he got sacked it's um the dude from that was the Huddersfield coach is now the Schalke manager Wagner yeah yeah so Tedesco's out there so yeah. but like you're not gonna get sacked from Schalke and then hired by Chelsea yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right I think that's all the topics I'm uh, I'm uh, good I'm yeah so this has been Talking Tactics. Again, we appreciate you for listening. Uh, remember, we do this podcast every Tuesday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Talking Tactics. Spotify, give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Um, it's free. If you do want to help us out, though, you can look up our Patreon. I'm at Daniel to look. Have hope. Where can people get you? You can find me um, at Half a Pot on Twitter. Or just visit the website, halfhopefootballhot.com.
Carl will be back, I guess, in a few weeks. He's on a mission that we can't announce, I suppose. Mission impossible. Carl, just tell the people so we can tell the people. Yeah, man. Reveal thyself, man. I know, right? Anyway, Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. All right. This is Talking Tactics Extra. It's a new month. Hey, it's it's July. So shout out to everybody who's uh, become a patron over the past half a year, I guess. We've been doing this for six months. Are you a person that feels like the year goes by quick or it goes by slow? Like, how do you feel about time in that way? Oh, quick. Like, what's like when people say that, oh my gosh, like um, this thing happened this year, like it's been six, seven years since that. It's like the, the 2014 World Cup feels like two years ago. It doesn't feel like five years ago. I mm. see. I'm someone who's like, as soon as I started noticing that time was going fast, it's more like I need to appreciate the time. And then I feel like sometimes it goes slower when you can like appreciate the day. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, whenever you just shove yourself in your routine and everything that's then time goes quickly. But whenever you actually take time to really appreciate, like for instance, even when I when I went to, to Paris and I was just like, you know what? Five days, I'm just going to do nothing. No social media, no nothing, just five days. It's really, you actually feel, oh my gosh, you actually really appreciating like, okay, this is from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Like, oh, wow, okay. But once in a while, you know, you get up, you, you go to work, you do your thing on YouTube, you put up a video, you do this, and you're into the routine. Like, r- r- routine is what makes time go quick because you just forget about time because you're just stuck in the routine. Sports Social Podcast Network.